hello to every one of you and uh, uh, this is uh, a new edition of our leadership podcast and it's actually the fourth and final edition of a series uh, that I've called uh, Church and the 21st Century. And my aim has been to speak about uh, uh, the church uh, in a contemporary setting, that there are things that uh, must not change in the churches. It has to do with doctrinal things, with the, uh, ethical things, with the word of God, and, but also with things that need to change in the church. The way we work, that we need to understand our society, understand the reality we live in, how we communicate today, how we can reach people today, how we can care for our church members today. We can't only keep on doing the same things uh, today as we did yesterday. We must also move with the time and understand what we can do to function as an effective church in the 21st century. So that uh, dynamic situation between uh, holding on to something that can come under attack, that must not change, and at the same time having a, an attitude that we can change and looking for knowledge, looking for wisdom, looking for new ways to, so, so we can do the things that God has called us to do. Uh, that, uh, that balance is very important for leaders, very, very important for leaders. And uh, so that's what I'm trying to speak about uh, uh, in, uh, in these uh, programs. We talked about communication, we talked about uh, how to minister to people, how to gather people. And uh, I want to end this series then by speaking about um, evangelization and mission, uh, reaching new people in the 21st century. Uh, and uh, uh, when it comes to the mission of the church, uh, something that um, you have heard me speak about before also if you have listened to my podcasts, um, uh, is that uh, the calling to preach the gospel, to, to, uh, to spread the gospel in the world, it has to do, of course, with the very essence of what the church is. I think about it like the, the first calling that we all have is to share the gospel of, G of Jesus in this world. And this is what the church must never lose. Uh, I've been a pastor for, for more, than, uh, more than 30 years uh, on full time. And, uh, and I've seen and I've seen it in, in my life, in our church, uh, in our church, I've seen it in, in other churches also. Of course, it's easy that the devil tries to take this away. We become more occupied with other things, internal matters, and the zeal for reaching the lost can kind of be, be watered out or fade away from the church, and that must never happen, never happen. And it's the leader's responsibility to keep the flame alive um, among us. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 19, 9, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came. He came to save. And that is what is in his heart also. And what is in his heart needs to be in the heart of the church, of every leader also. Jesus came to save people. And that must be something that is always, always um, um, alive in us. Regarding the future, there are a lot of speculations among Christians. And there should be, be how to interpret the prophets, how to interpret the book of Revelation. And, and we try to read the signs of our time and um, and sometimes uh, we understand that the people have been wrong they're predicting things and it, it didn't happen that way but i tell you something that you can be absolutely sure about regarding the future matthew 24 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come that's what jesus said 
at what time Antichrist will appear and how it will be, what will happen, the mark of the beast. These are things that uh, scholars are discussing and writing books about. But this is so simple. It's not <laughs> really something to discuss. The gospel will be preached in all the world before Jesus comes back. And to focus upon that is to focus upon a very, very good thing. Yeah, that's what I'm going to give my strength to. We are going to do what we can to spread the gospel in our neighborhood, in our town, in our city, in our nation, and as God leads us to the end of the world. And um, when you think about then our time, the 21st century, and we look at the world and we look at the spreading of the gospel, a little from a bird, bird perspective, um, it's easy for me to see both opportunities and challenges. Uh, it's obvious that there are so many opportunities given to us that haven't been there before uh, in, in the history. Uh, we can travel like no one else. We, I can be in Australia tomorrow. I can fly there. And for, of course, for the apostles, this is something totally, totally crazy that, that the world can, can be like that. Uh, and I can stay there a week and then go back again. If they traveled to another country, they were maybe gone for months or, or years or, or a lifetime. By the internet, we can communicate all over the world. We can do leadership training. People can sit home and I can train them and we can have contact. There, there are so many opportunities that haven't been there before. But th there are also challenges. When Paul speaks about the last times in 2 Timothy third uh, chapter, he mentions several things. And he speaks also, says that men will be lovers of themselves, of money. Um, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It speaks about materialism and, and selfishness and, uh, uh, and, and that's of course kind of the spirit of our time also. Comfort, entertainment and uh, uh, pleasure is more important than God. Kind of a spirit of lukewarmness. And the thing is that this can of course come into the church also. That uh, even though we are Christians, even though we go to church, we, we talk more about um, uh, how to have a good life, how to, uh, you know, how, how to you know, have a good fellowship and, and um, how to build a good marriage, uh, uh, how, how to uh, succeed in our work, in our business. And all of these things are important. Don't misunderstand it. The Bible has something to say about that also. But at the same thing, in the center of the gospel, in the center of the Bible, of course, is eternity, salvation. What does it help a man if he wins the whole life, if he wins the whole world, Jesus said, but loses his soul, if he's happy all his life, if he's healthy all his life, if he has a happy marriage, he suc succeeds in raising his children, he has a good career, and he loses his soul, he said, what's the benefit? There's no benefit. Because at the end of the day, life is about eternity. And, uh, and that's what, what must be alive in, inside of us. When I think about the church in the 21st century, I kind of... Think about two scenarios. One, a church that speaks less about repentance, less evangelization, and more kind of about encourage people, you are great, you're wonderful, you're a great person, God loves you, and speaking about how you can succeed in life. Uh, that's one scenario. Another scenario where, where also all these things are, are present also about... Uh, about God's love and about uh, 
uh, encouragement to another, but at the same time also the flame of evangelization is alive. The flame of reaching the lost. We must preach the gospel while it is day. Night will come when no one can work, to quote Jesus from John, the sixth, the sixth chapter. Uh, churches where the gospel is shining, where people are, are eager to, to reach their friends, to, to, to spread the love of God in society, to reach outside the church church walls, to confront the evil in the, in the world around, around us and to point at eternity that Jesus Christ came not just that you will have a good life he came so you could be saved that your soul could be saved that you could be with God forever and that's the kind of church we need to be that's what we must focus about when we move into the 21st century the church must not be a place just of comfort and of, and of uh, you know quietness and the church means the place of where the, where the flame of the gospel is alive where we keep on preaching the gospel keep on doing what Christ told us to do uh, to pre preach the gospel to all men and uh, I just want to give you some ways that, that this can become a reality in the church that you don't lose the flame of evangelization as we move into the 21st century that this thing that Paul said that men will be more lovers of pleasure than of God that it will not happen inside the inside the church and first of all i think that the 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 question of salvation uh, it must always be present in the church in a joyful way i i keep on saying to the church the harvest is plentiful the harvest is plentiful i keep on mentioning this even though i don't sp speak about it when someone gets saved we try to always rejoice together in the church uh, in luke 15 jesus said that heaven rejoices over just one person who gets saved that even though i don't preach about evangelization all the time but it's still present present in the meeting. Wow, we are the fishers of men. Wow, we believe in growth. We pray for Moscow. We, we, we confess we're going to be, you know, so and so many people in, in our church. And by always keeping this Sorry, by always keeping this alive inside the inside the, the the church, it becomes a matter to people. They don't forget it. Yeah, we are called to a lot of things, but our first calling is to reach the world with the gospel. Jesus died for sinners, so they could be saved. That we have prayer meetings. That we always also pray for the lost. Never stop praying for that. Praying that God will work on our heart, give us compassion for for uh, for the lost, and and equipping us to go out and be workers on the harvest field. And also praying for our beloved ones, praying for our friends, praying for our city, praying for our nation. That this is always a part of our prayer meetings. This keeps this as an issue that is always present in the church. And that I believe is something significant that we can do. Um, and, and another thing is that uh, uh, when Jesus met his disciples, uh, when he met um, Matthew, when he met uh, uh, well, especially when he met his first disciple, John and James and Peter and An Andrew, what he says to them, uh, like in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, he meets uh, Peter and Andrew and he says, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. They were catching fish, the fish was there and they were here and they went out and they caught them and Jesus said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. That's the first thing he said to them. And uh, I don't know if this is doctrinally correct, but, but uh, I do that. I, I preach to everyone in our church, to the businessmen, to the plumbers, to the students, to the youth. I preach to everyone. Your first calling, no matter what it is, is to be a fisher of men, is to share Christ, 
with the people who are around you. To learn how, how, to, how to spread the gospel in a natural way wherever you live, wherever you are. And uh, that thought, I believe, has really helped us in, in growing our church in Moscow. We, we want to, to make every person feel that, yeah, I'm a fisher of men. I'm an ambassador of Christ. Whatever God has called me to do, I am still, I'm also that, that person who I can win somebody for the Lord. And the thing is that when Jesus said this to the disciples, he said, I will make you become fishers of men. He didn't say just go out and fish. He said, follow me and I will help you. And that's what Jesus did. He taught them, he showed them, and he trained them to win people for God's kingdom. And that's what needs to go on inside the church also. We teach people to how to build a good marriage. We teach people maybe how to raise their children. We teach people about how to handle their finances. But as leaders, we must also teach them how to be fishers of men. Many people, they don't know that. Or if, if they know something, they don't do it. They need encouragement in this, in this area. And Jesus, he spoke about all kinds of things. But the first thing he said to his disciples, he said, I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. And do you do that? If you're a pastor, do you teach your people how to, how to win other people for Jesus? If you're a home group leader, do you encourage your people? Do you practically help them in this area of life? That's what Jesus did. He brought the disciples with them and they learned from him all the time. How he dealt with Matthew, how he dealt with Zacchaeus, how he dealt with the Samaritan woman and so on and so on. They saw Jesus with the children. They saw him with the elderly, with the, with the poor, with the sick and they learned from him. Wow, this is how I also, also can win people for God's, uh, for God's kingdom. And I want to encourage to do that. I, I don't want to make this into some kind of long lesson about this. I just want to stir your heart. But let me just make, mention some things that I teach in church to the people about how, how they can be uh, fishers of men. I, I tell them to make connections with people wherever they are, to, to speak speak with people. I, I say to them, if you don't speak with anybody, nothing is going to happen. But you need to speak to your neighbors, speak to the people you meet in shop, you know, talk to the person you're in the same elevator, say hello to him. And of course, often nothing happens, but sometimes it does. I, I spoke, I remember I was flying through Russia one time and there was a, just a young guy sitting beside to me on the airplane. I spoke to him, told him a little about my life, told him I'm in church and invited him to church. Most people I invite, they don't come to church. But he did. And he got saved. Some weeks later, he brought his girlfriend also. It's worth doing that 10,000 times. And if one come, or 10,000, that's someone for eternity. And I tell, tell the people, make connections. And you don't need to start preaching to, to, to everybody. But, uh, but if, you, if you speak with people, suddenly the heart opens up. Or then it's maybe second time or third time you speak to them. You get an opportunity to tell something. Try to be an outward-minded person. That was Jesus was. He spoke to everybody around him. I teach them also to, uh, you have many tools. You have the gifts of the Spirit. We have... Uh, we, of course, prayer, and, but one, one fascinating tool that we all have, and that's, that's our story. Sometimes people are not ready to be preached for, but I tell them, 
God has done something for you. In Matthew 5, 19, Jesus told this man that he had set free from thousands of demons. He said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. God has delivered you now and now you have a story. Tell people the story. Tell what God has, how, how, we, how you got saved. We have a lot of drug addicts in our, former drug addicts in our church, uh, people that were bound in alcohol and, and that's, and God set them free, but he didn't only set them free, he gave them a story. Some of them has amazing stories to tell, how they were close to death. And I, I said, you can tell this to people. This can be a first step for someone to get saved. Other, other stories, my wife, for example, Randishi, she grew up in a wealthy family. She had everything. She, she was clever in school. She was clever in, uh, in sports. She did what every girl is dreaming about. She was singing in a, in a pop group. She had everything except peace in heart. And having everything else doesn't mean much if you don't have peace with heart. But when she was 17, she met someone who told her about Jesus. And she got saved. And she got what she haven't had before. And she also got a story, a story to tell. And uh, sometimes this can be the best way to start to, to bring someone close to God. Maybe God has healed you. And, and I tell the people, learn your stories, train to tell your stories and, and, and share them when you get the opportunity. I'll tell them also to, maybe the most simple thing, to invite people to church. Everybody, of course, know that this is a good thing to do, but some people, they never invite everybody. David said in Psalm 122, verse 1, he said, I was happy when, um, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So somebody invited David, and that made him happy. That person was obviously happy to invite uh, he who invited uh, David. And I tell the church people, if you, people's going to follow you to church, you need to love the Lord, but you also need to love the church. You need to be enthusiastic about the church. Why I, I go to this great church, and I love being there on Sundays, and oh, it was such a good time, and the pastor shared, shared such a good message, and maybe you want to come with me. And so many people have got saved by this simple, simple reason somebody invited them to church. This is what it is to be a fisher of men. And, uh, and this is what we all can do. If you just remember, if think about it, and train a little ourselves to be a little bold, and then we can, every church member can do these things. But someone needs to encourage them. And that's you. You're a leader. You need to do it yourself. And you need to find a way not to push on people, not to condemn them, but just to encourage them to do these kind of things. Jesus didn't only say, be fishers of men. He said, follow me and I will make you. And uh, this is how we can make our churches alive and to keep this, let's say, this understanding that Jesus came to save sinners alive in a church. And then when it comes to church programs and ministries, of course, we, uh, we need to work with them also. Uh, we have home groups. Maybe you have home groups in your church also. Our home groups, they are for the fellowship, for, for the people, but they also are great evangelistic tools and we keep on teaching the home group leaders to to also do evangelistic things to to try to invite people and when they come and save people to the home groups then you you take a little respect to them you make the home group in a way that they feel comfortable and they come in a christian setting in a christian atmosphere and that can be a wonderful way to win them for the lord also you can have ongoing ministries like alpha courses we do that a lot in our church 
very, very fruitful. Marriage courses when you can invite unbelievers, kind of social gatherings, no preaching, just something fun, social that you do in your church building or you rent uh, and, and people just to get to know, know new people and they get to understand what wow, cool things are going on in the church. That can function very good for youth and teens, for example, and can do one-time events like an evangelistic meeting, invite an evangelist, evangelist and really encourage people to, to invite people to come. Maybe someone that is strong in the gifts of the Spirit in praying for the sick. We, sometimes we do concerts in the church. Uh, it's really fun also. And then, then sometimes it's very easy to get people to come. You can do so many things. Uh, uh, Christmas, Easter, great times to be a little creative and do things for youth, for pensioners, for, for, for women, uh, Christmas gatherings, some Easter or, or other events during a year that you can use to make something special. One-time events to get in new people. Not always people will be saved, but if you keep on working like this, first of all, you will keep this alive in the church, and suddenly you see you're gonna you're gonna harvest people also. So, uh, so all this to summarize this and to summarize these four lessons of the podcast in the in the 21st century is that moving into the future, we see that in many countries, especially in the Western countries, it's a strong secularization, but I believe in revival. I believe the harvest is plentiful. I believe the Lord knows about all times. It's just that we need to be wise leaders. We can't just sit down, oh, times are changing, oh, hey, yeah, blah, 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 I do the same thing. No, we need to be alert. We need to, okay, mm-hmm. what do we need to do? We need to, we need to keep the doctrines, to keep on believing the Bible is inspired by the Lord, but also need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to gather people maybe in new ways, and we need to keep the flame of evangelization alive in the churches. Finding new ways also to reach out to people and to minister to the church members that they always keep on doing the first calling to be a witness for Christ. And uh, by doing all these things, I believe the 21st century can be a wonderful time. Wonderful time for your church. Wonderful time in the years and the decades ahead of us. The Lord will build his church and the Lord needs good leaders. Leaders that are devoted but also leaders that are creative, leaders that are looking for wisdom, willing to learn, willing to change what doesn't function, willing to try new things and still stay faithful to God and to his words. If we can be like this, I believe times are great ahead of us. God bless you so much. If you have heard anything you think would be good for other people to hear, you can, of course, also help us by, by uh, telling people about the podcast, by spreading it yourself, reposting it on, on your social networks or putting, putting it out somewhere where people can see it. And uh, all we want is just we want to help everyone to keep on growing in whatever God has called you to do. The harvest is plentiful. I believe it's plentiful here in Moscow. And I believe with you it's plentiful wherever you are today. God bless you.